Welcome to the Fully Alive Man Podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. My name is Lee Rogers. I work with men's groups at North Point Community Church. I'm here with my friend and co-worker, Doug Hurley. Hey, Doug, how you doing? So good and so good to be here. Thanks. Well, guys, we are going to jump into a part two. Hopefully, you listened to the previous podcast. It was part one that was really talking about this idea of what do we need to think about within us personally with regard to ministry in the workplace. And today we're going to take it to the next level of what do we do practically? Because we're already thinking about what does it look like for me to be who I'm meant to be in the workplace? But a lot of us are wondering, what is the practical side of that? How do we take steps towards sharing our faith in the workplace? But before we do that, let's go a little bit lighter first, get to know Doug a little better we want to. We're still talking about jobs, and okay. so I, here's here's the question of the day, Doug. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. What is one of the craziest or scariest jobs you can imagine? Um, one of the craziest jobs that I can imagine, and it was it was a job that me and my buddies. This is back before I was a believer. Would say that we did, which was a lie. <laughs> but we crazy. like to women. Yeah, yeah, just people, yeah, yeah, yeah to okay. people in the bars and hanging out and, and just, and with no crazy intention other than yeah. just to be silly. Entertaining yourselves. Entertaining ourselves, totally. But it's, uh, hey, instead of saying we were an elite uh, group of helicopter pilots in a special operations unit. Which was pretty good. Which was pretty good. Instead of that, we would say, you know the Goodyear blimp? Yeah, yeah, we know that. You know the ropes that hang off of that? Like when the Goodyear blimp's coming in and <laughs> yeah. the guys go running out to grab the ropes? Yeah. That's us. We're the good. We're the Goodyear blimp tether guys. Is what we are. That is amazing. So because somebody has to do that job. Yeah, it's a crazy job. It's a I great job. Love that you identified yourself with that to impress your friends. We're the Goodyear blimp tether guys. That is amazing. Yeah. Gosh, I guess as, as a side job, you could be the hold the rope on a parade float or a parade balloon giant Charlie I, Brown. I would crush that. Yeah. Job. That's amazing. You know what came to mind for me is, I don't know if you've seen this YouTube video, but I saw this super disturbing YouTube video of a guy who changes the light bulb at the top of a radio tower. So literally this guy, I don't know how many times he works a year, but he just takes the entire day to by hand climb all the way up this. I don't know how tall this thing was. It's tall as a skyscraper climb all the way up to the top of this tower to change the light bulb that keeps airplanes from hitting the tower. It was terrifying. A drone followed him up this thing. And oh my goodness, I've, I've got woozy watching it. Doesn't he get paid like some crazy amount I, to change it? Like $60,000? I think he makes or... like $60,000 a pop and, and changes the light bulb like twice a year. You and I, so would you do that for that kind of cash? Or for let me ask the question, what kind of cash would it take for you to do yeah, that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that would be a terrifying <laughs> situation for me. But at the same time, if you knew, if I knew that six hours from now, four hours from now, whatever it is, I'm going to be back on the ground and have $60,000 in my bank account, 
I think I would probably do it. Heck yes. I would just suck it up and do it. How little would you do it for? 10,000? 1,000? I would probably do it for, and I don't know what I don't, I mean, I, obviously he's getting paid $60,000 because there's something I don't know, but I would say 500 bucks. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's possible for me to go around this office and and um, get people to chip in five hundred bucks to get you just to, to do see this. me do it just to see you even if there's no tower. light bulb that needs to actually get replaced. I'm gonna work on that okay. that needs to happen right immediately. On. All right, I'll do that after this. Um, so jumping back into this idea of ministry in the workplace, Doug, why don't you give us a recap of what part one was about? Yeah, part one was was really about how tough it can be to, to be a Christian man, uh, just Christian altogether, but out there in the workplace and sharing your faith in a, in a society, in, in a world, and I don't think we used these words la- last time, but we're summarizing now, that's just very uh, relativistic and secular and, and uh, consumer and career careerism-based, and all those things can be good um, in and of themselves, but um, there's also a lot of deterrence and challenges that come with that when it comes to sharing your faith. So Christians oftentimes feel embarrassed to share their faith. They don't yeah. know what to say. They don't know how to say it. They don't know how to approach that conversation. They don't want to get in trouble with compliance. But at the end of the day, um, it is just realizing just a couple of key things. Number one, that God loves work and he loves what you're doing with your work, no matter what your work is. Well, Within reason. <laughs> sure. But I mean, if you're selling a widget or marketing or, or doing a service or something like that, it's helping the community flourish. That is a good thing. God is a worker and you are made in his image. And then the second thing is, is you are so well positioned by God to have crazy impact for the person who would never step foot into a church or even think about Jesus. I feel like at this point we should honestly apologize in case we have a listener who is the Goodyear blimp tether guy that, <laughs> that we weren't mocking. God thinks that's good work too. So did it sound like it I was bagging no, on the tether guy? But it just occurred to me we should be a little bit sensitive, just in case that guy is out there. So God believes in that work too. We need that in this oh, world. Oh wow, I hey, feel convicted. That yeah, thing's God not going to tether itself. No, God loves the tether guys on the Goodyear blimp, and I love and God loves inherently the way they tether that thing. <laughs> That's awesome. You turned that into a pastoral moment. Well done, Doug. Um, so as we think about that, we thought about who we need to be, who we are now. As we think about how do we practically show up at work and make a difference. But I know that before we give some practical handles around that, we should talk about what should we not do? What should it mm. not look like? Um, speaking in tongues uh, anywhere in the office space is probably not the <laughs> wisest thing to do. Unless you have a Bluetooth thing in your ear, and then, <laughs> and then you can just play it off. Uh, in all seriousness, what I wouldn't do is holding non-believers to a believer's standard judging non-believers for what you believe in. Um, we just, we absolutely shouldn't do that. And I could unpack a bunch of scripture. I know we all could, how, it, wh- why we're not supposed to do that and how we're not supposed to do that. But the bottom line is we're not supposed to do that. And man, if you do even think that in your heart, that skeptical coworker will sniff that out in a New York minute. Mm, so that's good. you just got to clip that and avoid that. Um, I would have, I would, um, always lean in. It's a great Andy Stanleyism. Um, from try not to uh, make a point, but instead make a difference. I think a lot of times as Christians, we try to make a point. That's right. With um, with what we believe, even if we think there's value and it's helpful for a coworker, right. it's usually good good intentions. We talked about that last time. 
But um, man, it, don't it, try to make a point. Yeah, it's almost like it becomes more about us yeah. rather than the person we're supposedly loving. Yep. yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those are so those are some of those were tongue in cheek. What we should not do. Um, and but there's some real things in there. And and really, it's don't be judgmental. Don't be pushy. Don't try to win an argument. Um, don't turn people into a project that mm-hmm. just feels yucky instead yeah. of trying to trying to really love them like we're called to do. Those are the big things. Yeah, and it's honestly a little bit like don't be trite. Mm. You know, even I, I just think about the person who um, maybe leaves a, a, a Jesus tract instead of a tip or something like that, or, you know, just casually leaves a um, how to find Jesus, you know, bookmark in the bathroom or something like that. Yeah, and I, you know, it's... <laughs> Sorry not to go on a on a rabbit trail, but I think it's so relevant to what you just said and to this topic. Um, I would put going back to where we were saying this is workplace ministry or marketplace ministry or sharing your faith in the workplace or marketplace. There's a different different ways we can call it, but um, if you're doing a Bible study with other believers in a secular company or a corporation or or that workspace, that that is really good. I'm not saying that right. you shouldn't do that. But what we're talking about more in this podcast and the previous one is is less about that because we've got that. I mean, most of the guys listening to this are in a men's group, most of the guys. Right. And uh, and you and your wife are in, in a married couples group as well, and so am I. And, and I mean, we love God. We're for God. We've got really good community going on with other, other believers. But when we're in the workplace, this is such a great opportunity to reach the unbeliever. And so the Bible study or the the talk track being left out on the conference table like you just said that stuff is just really ineffective when it really comes to trying to reach the person who doesn't know Jesus this is way more about intentionality with loving connecting meeting people in their mess meeting them in their skepticism it's way more about that than any of these churchy things that we can do in the workspace yeah that is really good and we are definitely um going to talk about that we're going to talk about what steps do you take? What practical things can we actually do? Cause we don't want to leave you guys hanging and we want to give you those. And we want you to talk about them with the, with the guys you're doing life with, with the guys in your group. But before we do that, we want to pause for a section. We like to call man hacks. What is a man hack, Doug? A man hack is something that you can do to make your life better or easier, like a tip or a trick, something like that that you've picked up along the way, or you've learned from one of your buddies to help you just do something better in life. That's fantastic. Do you have one for us today? <laughs> shoe spray. Every dude, every dude should have shoe spray. Like shoe spray. Deodorant shoe. Yeah. See? Ah. Deodorant shoe spray. And it's you use shoe spray. Heck yeah, man. Like if you've been working all day and. And you know this, we had an event last, was it last Thursday? We la- launched a bunch of groups. So sure. you get here at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. You're not going home. It's until 10 o'clock at night. It's just one of those monster days, which I'm not complaining about. Sure. But the shoes get, they get kind of, they get kind of stinky. Yeah. So having that thing in the car or in your backpack, a little <laughs> bit of shoe spray, just a squirt, squirt. And it works? Oh, it works like a champ. Where do you get shoe spray? Well, I used to, uh, I used to buy it through Amazon. And it was like 12 bucks a bottle. And I was like, man, that's kind of expensive. So my wife is into all those essential oils. 
Yeah. And she makes her own now. So she puts together Doug's <laughs> stinky shoe, shoe deodorant spray concoction. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Janie. You're making the world better. Janie's a good, she's a good, good okay. woman. Okay. This is what I, I have for us today. Ran into a guy the other day who started explaining, he's a listener. He, start, he started with, hey man, I got a man hack for you as many people do these days. And he started to explain it. And I realized I already do this. My wife and I already do this mm. thing. It's called prep the situation. If one of you is at the grocery store, you know you're buying some pasta. You're going to come home. You're going to boil it. You know you have to put the water on and wait however long it takes for the water to boil. Too long. Call the person who's already at home. Ask them to put on the water. Mm. Get the water boiling. If my wife's at the grocery store, she just calls ahead. Hey, get the water boiling. Preheat the oven. Get it ready. Prep the situation. Love it. You're welcome, everybody, because that's a section we like to call Man Hacks. Okay, jumping back in. We are talking about this idea of ministry in the workplace, and we've talked about what to not do. Before we talk about what are the actual practical things we should do, what should we be thinking? What's our mindset in the workplace? Recap that for us, Doug. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of um, last week or the two weeks ago when we did the first podcast, it was you need to be thinking about you, which is that work is a good thing inherently because God's a worker, you're made in his image. And number two, uh, be thinking about the opportunity and be excited about how God has you positioned to reach the unchurched coworker. Now, still, what should you be thinking about? But what is... what? What do I need to be thinking about when I am interacting with those those unbelieving coworkers? A uh, couple principles. First, forming relationships must be prioritized over theology. And don't hear me saying our theology is not important. I mean, I, I, I love our Bible. I love our theology. I love the history and the evidence of the cross and Christ and everything that he did. But when it comes to a skeptic, they don't believe in what we believe in. And forming a relationship with them and building trust, that must be prioritized over any orthodoxy or, or religion or, or theology. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Love that. And then a second principle is, is when you're talking about, when you are talking about theology or biblical principles or Jesus, whatever that is, that stuff, all super important, needs to be presented to a skeptical coworker in a way that's super safe and practical and engaging. So like I can remember going to Chris, you know, why, hey, why do you believe in Jesus? I yeah. went going back to when I was a skeptic yeah. and I worked with Chris and he was a believer and, and he was amazing the way he, he handled the relationship right. as opposed to espousing a bunch of theology. And I, why do you believe what you believe? And he didn't use words like sanctification and glorification right. and Calvinism and predestination and millennial. He just, yeah. he was just like, man, it's just cause there's this, this guy who claimed to be God and it's, and everything he did showed that he was God and he had all these avid followers who thought he was God, and then they thought game over because yeah. he was killed. And they thought, wow, we just believed in the wrong thing for the last three years. But then he rose from the dead as predicted, and all these followers who walked away immediately came back and were willing to give their life because they saw a risen life. You know, so just in really simple, practical terms, and really it's not threatening, I think, is is really important. And then the um, the third thing is. Um, Third principle is just be intentional. As you're sitting there and you're navigating your workspace, you know your your business office, um, just be intentional about this. If you're not intentional, I'll tell you what: two years, five years, ten years will go by, and, and you'll listen to this podcast again, or somebody else will be teeing it up 
in a, in a book or whatever and be like, huh, I really haven't done anything that intentional and effective to, to be on point and on mission to reach my unbelieving coworker. That's really good. Uh, recapping those three principles just real quick. One, prioritize relationships. Yep. Um, two, present whatever you're going to present in a safe, engaging way, non-creepy, non-religious <laughs> sort of way. And three, be intentional. Love it. Yeah. And then, and then out of the be intentional, if I could unpack that a little bit, like what are some of, like if we could get a bit sticky and practical now, yeah. what are some of those really practical steps that we can do to be, in, we should be intentional about? And I think uh, one of the first thing is, is just do an inventory of who are those three to five unbelieving coworkers that you already have a relationship with. You're working with them, you know, 45, 55, 60 hours a week, and you have influence with them. They have influence with you. Um, but who are they? And, and be deliberate about just identifying them in your mind. Um, and then in, the next thing is be curious about them. You're not just working together, doing spreadsheets together, manufacturing products together, selling widgets together. Like, be curious about them. Man, Lee, how's it going with you in Holland? Hey, is it, um, what's, what's your middle son again? Is That's I good. always say Tucker. What's not Tucker? What's your middle son? Turner. Name? Turner. How's he doing? How's he doing at football? I know he's, he's loving football, but just being curious. And it's not in a manipulative way to let me be curious right. so I can get to a agenda. It's because Jesus was so crazy curious about us and still is and, and loved us that way. And, and he's calling us to be curious about our coworkers. A lot of time we can go to work and we do it here even, right? Where it's more about an outcome and a metric and a KPI That's right. and an objective rather than the relationship. So being curious about the coworkers. Um, the third thing is, um, and this is sound, sounds super preachy, but it's so important and it's love them. And love is a verb and an action, but let, focusing on the action part is talking to them, taking them out to lunch, taking them out to coffee. Hey, I've got an extra Braves ticket. Lee, I'd love for you to come to a Braves game with me, but just being intentional about diving into community with them because until you really have a deep relationship, and that's what happened with me and Chris, yeah. I had zero desire about trying to understand and believe what he believed and why he believed it. Yeah, it's choosing to love them and then doing something that goes along with that. Like Bob, Bob Goff's book says, love does. Mm. Love does something. I Do mean, that. Bob Goff is yeah. like... Jesus incarnate and sorry, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, you uh, said yeah. It. it's okay. Okay, he's amazing. Uh, and then um, another thing is, uh, this sounds kind of preachy too, but it's so easy to forget. I don't want it to turn it into a box checking event, but I do want us to be intentional about it and that's pray for your coworkers. So you've done that inventory with those three to five, you're curious about them, you're loving them, you're investing in them. Are you praying for them? Like, yep. oh my gosh, you know, like I know Chris was praying for me all the time. Because we care about what we pray for. Totally care yeah. about what we pray for. And then um, one more thing is is know your story of faith. And I would say, if you know your story, kind of going back to the example that I, that I gave, that Chris gave to me, if you know that story, and not as a talk track, but you just, you just know your story, you've got it down, it's succinct, it's clear, it's compelling, it's non-threatening, it's safe. What a gift that is that you can give when you share that gospel and that message and how you came to faith with somebody who you care about, you're curious about, and they, they're they curious about you and they trust you and they approach you and say, why do you believe what you believe? In 1 Peter 3.15, you're ready, gently and respectfully with a response. 
man, that's a gift. Yeah, that is really good. And I think a part of that, and I think you're saying it, the part of a part of the know your story of faith idea is be able to explain what was going on inside of you, because that's probably what's going on inside of someone else. You know, in your story that you talked about in the last episode with Chris, you talked about what was going on inside of you when when others would would make the effort to to let you know what you should believe. Um, and then what was going on inside of you when Chris just loved you, cared about you um, well. So when we share our stories, it shouldn't be, and then I prayed this prayer. Necessarily, <laughs> you, maybe you end with that. I don't know. Yeah. But this was stirring inside of me. This was um, becoming more understanding. This wasn't becoming more understanding, and this is what was going on. Uh, so good, bro. When I said that was the last thing, one other thing is, and this is part of the other uh, ministry that I do here in the church, it's called Life Lessons Over Lunch. It's part of Rework. Rework is we want you to rethink the way that you think about work. But um, well, this is this is kind of a baked turnkey, I don't even like the word program, but this is where we equip Christians in the workplace to be intentional on point to reach their unbelieving coworkers. And it's in a very safe, practical, engaging way. And we can put those notes in, you yep. know, in the podcast notes if anybody has any interest and wants to have a conversation. Yep, around we that. will help you do that. Yeah. And we'll add links to the show notes to do that. And we'll add these points in there as well um, as notes. So Doug, what are some questions we should be asking ourselves and those in our groups um, as we talk about this? Yeah, yeah. When, when, the, when the men, when the guys circle up, in community, uh, on, like you said, do it individually. But then when you circle up, just walk through and be open and transparent. Like, who are my three to five? Who are those three to five that I work with in this company or this corporation or in, in this in this university or, or nonprofit? Who are my three to five that don't know Jesus? And it's okay to name them. You're not turning them into a project. Man, you're, you're loving them. I love that in the context of a men's group because if I have a list in my head, it's a lot different than if I tell you three guys. Yeah. That that just makes it more real. It makes it more accountable. Not that you're going to hammer me about those guys, yep. but I've put it out there. Now I got to do something. Yep. It's uh it's it's so good. It's great accountability and it's with the right intention behind it and Absolutely. which is love and and delivery if you're doing it and you're putting the relationship first right. over any kind of theological argument. Um, so that's the first question. The second question is, so what am I going to do that's intentional tomorrow or next week? And I, I think that was a similar question we had in the last podcast, but now we have some more practical steps to how we can be intentional. So what am I going to do that's intentional tomorrow? Something that is different that's going to help me reach that unchurched coworker. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking back to what you said earlier, what am I going to do that's intentional, re- relational, mm. loving, how am I going to care for someone well? Yep, yep. It could be a coffee with a coworker. It could be, um, Love that. it could be just uh, checking on them because you know that their wife has stage two cancer. They just found out about that, and and you actually visit the hospital and wow. you're there for them. It, it could be starting life lessons over lunch. Uh, who knows? But do something intentional uh, and practical. Uh, and then the last one is um, the question to ask: What's my story to faith? I think for guys who have been Christians for a really long time, it's easy to forget that, yep. especially if you haven't been intentional about doing, it's a naughty word in some churches, evangelism, um, but it's a good th- evangelism is a good thing. Evangelism is sharing the great good news that God has for the world and has for you. 
Um, but when we haven't been doing that, you're out of practice and you kind of yeah. forget, how did I come to faith? Everything you just said a few minutes ago, how did I feel? What was I feeling? What was I experiencing? And being able to walk through and talk through that with somebody, I think it's important. So every guy should do that. And I think you should do it out loud in a circle, sitting around with your group, say, here's my faith story. Yeah, absolutely. Practice a little bit. There's nothing wrong with practicing. We practice everything else. And and like you said, we don't use the word evangelism very much, but we can just think about it as letting someone know. Mm. I think, yeah, I, I could go on about that, but it's <laughs> it's easy. Um, it's simple, I should say. It's not always easy. So Yeah, we yeah, make it way it. too complicated, and because of it, we avoid it. But it's really way more simple, and it's really, man, just building trust, relationships, being there for someone, and you want something so good for them. It's not because you want anything from them. You want something for them. So That's so good. Doug, I absolutely love it. I love also that this is your heart. This is how you came to faith. This is what um, one of the things that makes you come alive, and I really, really appreciate you sharing that with us. We are going to, as we said before, include these questions and and notes in the show notes, and we would just really love for you guys to be having conversations around this topic. And even though this is Doug's heart, we won't be talking about this every single time because this is something we should be talking about in our groups. And as always, we always ask these three questions. What does this mean for me personally? What am I going to do about it? And how can we help as a group? We love it when in groups we are asking those questions, thinking about those things, especially the group leaders. Um, And we are going to leave you guys with a little bit of wisdom from our very good friend named John Woodall, who always has something great for us in a little section we call Wisdom from the Woods. Recently, I was talking to a good friend of mine about these big words in the Bible called love and respect. Paul, in the New Testament, in one of his letters to the Ephesians, in chapter 5, he instructs the men, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church, and ladies, uh, see that you love and respect your husbands. Big ideas. And as I was talking to this friend of mine, he just expressed his desire to be desired. And it led us into a really good conversation about being loved, being respected, and being desired. Well, as we continued the conversation, we even added a fourth word uh, that feels important in these kind of relationships, and that is the word pursued. So when you think about your wife or you think about uh, your girlfriend, the relationship that you desire are those four words within that relationship love respect desire and pursued Um, some people think that it's just the man's job or his joy or his work to be the pursuer but i have to tell you that the relationships that I have observed that are really beautiful relationships, all of that is mutual. There is mutual love. There is mutual respect. There is mutual desire one for another and mutual pursuit. 
not just the man pursuing the woman, but the woman's pursuing the man. And I will tell you, when those four things are in your marriage, when those four things are in your relationship, I think you have a beautiful thing going on. Love, respect, desire, and pursuit. Think about that. Guys, thanks for listening. This has been a lot of fun. As always, please subscribe. Please like the podcast. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you next time.